0: So now we'll take a few minutes to look at this iceberg model. And we're not going to be able to do it justice in this short period of time, but I hope it inspires you to use it and to study it and to understand it more on your own, in your own prayer. I think it's a great tool, if you will, to take to your prayer So as we said at the bottom, we have the self, our true identity. And when we have our identity rooted and grounded in Christ, that makes for a solid foundation, a firm foundation. Because then as we move up here, we are validated, we are affirmed, in our true identity. And we realize then that all of the yearnings, all of the desires, all of the needs that we have were given to us by God. God himself is the author of our seven desires. And there's more than seven for sure, but those are a good summary, if you will. Those seven desires encompass many, many other desires that we all would have. but we can feel confident that these desires are good and that they're not hopeless, that it's not absurd that we would have these needs or these desires, but rather they are given to us by God and they will be fulfilled by God. That's our hope. That's the trust, the confidence that Jesus wants us to have, hence the motto here of divine mercy. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Not just to forgive me. This message of divine mercy is not just about being forgiven for our sins. All, that, all that's perfectly you know, legitimate. That is absolutely a part of it. But it goes way beyond that. God wants us to trust him to fulfill our desires. Let's now jump up to the top of the iceberg because uh, it sheds light on why we even use such a model. So above the surface of the water, we see the proverbial tip of the iceberg. It's just the tip of the iceberg. right? And so the point is that it's true, right? Whenever you see an iceberg above the water, well, you just have to know that beneath the water's surface is where like 90% of the volume of that iceberg lies. So, so is often the case with our behavior. And that's why above the water's surface, there you see the label behavior. Some of you have heard me use the example or the analogy of the orange. If you squeeze an orange, what should come out? Orange juice, right? So when you squeeze a Christian, what should come out? Jesus, right? Love, patience, understanding, mercy, right? So when you get squeezed at work, at home, or on the road, (laughs) whenever you find yourself getting squeezed and something other than Jesus comes out, you might want to ask yourself, oh, okay, what's going on now? <laughs> Something's going on. As the song goes, right? There's something happening here. <laughs> but it is ain't exactly clear. <laughs> you know? And, and, now, and then you can use this iceberg model to get to the bottom of it, so to speak. And to ask the Holy Spirit, all right, Holy Spirit, I know that wasn't Jesus that just came out of me, or that wasn't Jesus that came out of me this morning, or last night. That wasn't Jesus that came out of me. So let's talk about that, Lord. You know, what? And and then we dive, right? We dive beneath the surface. And this is where the healing begins, you might say. When we begin to dive beneath the surface, we start finding healing. But that's scary, right? That's why a lot of people never bother to do it. Because it's cold, it's dark, it's mysterious, it's complex, there's, there's layers. As I, you know, I've told some of you, this is not a linear process. This is not like getting on a train and going from point A to point B. It doesn't work that way, unfortunately. It's complex. It's mysterious. It's like a pilgrimage, really. And so we have to ask the Lord for the courage to set out on this journey, on this inward journey. We have to ask the Lord for his guidance as we take this pilgrimage. Anybody else want to go to confession? Father Tan is available. So the first thing that we can recognize in a sense when we have perceived that something other than Jesus came out of our mouths, or whatever it might be, is that on some level we're coping. We're coping. It's a stance, as it says there. It's the mask. It's the walls. It's, it's the defense mechanisms that we all tend to use, that we all learned to use when we were kids, instinctively. Nobody, had to, nobody really had to teach us how to survive. It's an instinct that we all have. And that's not a bad thing. But again, the goal of our lives is not to survive. God doesn't want us to just survive. He wants us to thrive. He wants us to have life and have it abundantly. He wants us to have it to the full. He wants us to experience His joy, his peace. He wants us to fight the good fight with him and to experience victory in him. So he doesn't want us just to cope. But then as as we dig deeper, we can see we have certain feelings that we struggle with. Because as we dig even deeper, we have feelings about those feelings. Did you ever think about that? You can be angry because you're angry. I can't believe I got angry again last night. I'm so angry that I got angry. (laughs) Or you can be so sad that you're sad. I'm so sad. I'm depressed again. You know, you can just, right? I mean, we can spiral. That's the, the proverbial spiral that we can all get into because we have feelings about our feelings. And what drives these feelings? Well, it's what's underneath that. It's the perceptions that we have and our expectations. Look at perceptions, beliefs, assumptions, subjective reality, thoughts, ideas, values. And oftentimes, Uh, You know, when we do healing work, we renounce the lies. If you've prayed with me before, we probably have renounced some lies. So that's what we're getting at when we renounce certain lies in the name of Jesus. Like, you know, in the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I'm not good enough. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I'm all alone. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that nobody cares about me. Where do those come from? Well, they come from life experience. They just don't come out of nowhere. There's always some reality that gives foundation to those thoughts and those feelings. But again, oftentimes, the thoughts and the feelings that we had weren't quite right. They felt right to us and we were trying to make sense of the situation But as kids, we just don't have the capacity to do that. You follow me? When we're younger, we don't have the capacity, the emotional, spiritual, psychological capacity to make sense of what's happening all the time. Why is daddy getting so angry? Why is mommy yelling and screaming? Why is she crying? Right? And what do kids tend to do? They tend to blame who? themselves right there must be something wrong with me i can't tell you how many times i've had people renounce that lie and you know the tears just flow right there must be something wrong with me that's a lie in reality in truth that's a lie but that's what feels true in the moment that's how you made sense of a bad situation in the moment. And so we have to invite the Lord into these places, into these layers of our mind and our heart. That's why we pray for a renewal of the mind. And that's why there's such a battle that goes on in our minds between good and evil. That's why the devil tries to attack our minds with negative thoughts. This is the battleground. And that's why we have to keep asking Holy Spirit to help us know the truth. And not just to know it up here, but to actually experience it and to feel it more and more so that we believe it with greater conviction. And then I think that layer of expectations is also one that really can trip us up. And expectations of ourselves, oftentimes. I shouldn't be so needy. I should be stronger. This is a lack of faith on my part. If I just had more faith, then I I wouldn't feel so bad or I wouldn't be so needy. If I were this, if I were that, then. All these conditional statements, all of these expectations that we place on ourselves and that we place on, you know, let's face it, on your husbands, on your kids, your whatever, right? Your friends, your family. We project all of these expectations that we have on ourselves onto other people, oftentimes. And it usually doesn't do a whole lot of good it doesn't usually foster peace because they're out of sync with the yearnings and the self. So things get disordered, right? And that's why we have to pray for healing and we have to pray for order here. That the self, that the true self, and the true desires drive everything else. That's what we're shooting for here. We want the true self and the true desires of our hearts to, in a sense, inspire and inform our expectations, perceptions, and feelings so that we don't have to cope, but so that we can face everything that comes our way as Christ would do it, and with Christ. Because we're not alone. We're never alone. We never have to rely on ourselves by ourselves. So, I hope that made some sense. I think, if, I think if you go to the bottom and you realize then that as things get out of whack at the bottom, it tends then to throw things off up at the top. And we end up making a lot of adjustments and, and uh, we compromise We compromise our own happiness. And we lack conviction when the foundation is a little rocky. And so we just pray for healing, and and as we, we pray for healing, we now recognize more and more where we probably need healing. And then we go back to the seven desires. As we experience the fulfillment of our desires, we find healing. And this then becomes ordered. This becomes harmonious. This becomes solid. So as we come to the Lord for meaning and purpose, for our identity, and as we entrust the desires of our heart, To him, he gives order and direction and meaning and purpose to everything else in our lives so that we can become all that he created us to be. Amen.